Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy, Romance, and all of the wonderful places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee, which is okay. Um, I'll get to that. Today is Friday, and it's 2021. Yay! There was much rejoicing in all of Whoville and Mudville and all of the Vills. Today is January 1st, 2021. And uh, I would say that it's starting out fine, except that my milk frother died. A very sad um, death. And I won't even say that it died today because yesterday I suspected that it had died. This is my second one. And my uh, first uh, died in this exact same way. Like the the bottom of the thing cracks, like it explodes. <laughs> like a, I get over frothing and the bottom surface cracks and then moisture leaks in there. And yesterday I heard a very suspicious pop, but I decided to be in denial, um, even though I'd heard that very suspicious pop before. And sure enough, the heating element is gone. So, you guys, I had to heat up my milk on the stove. I know, I know. Are you sad? Are you, are you gasping in horror for me? <laughs> I am using most favored holiday Starbucks mug. I'm going to retire the Christmas mugs. Uh, because the frother died, giving me my marginal latte. Stovetop latte. Uh, the wonderful man, David, has driven into town to get me um, Starbucks because he loves me because <laughs> he didn't want to hear me wailing about how I didn't have a good latte. Actually, no, I, I said, um, I hinted, I said, we don't have any coffee shops out here anymore that make lattes, right? Because we've had a few and they all go out of business. And I'll tell you why they go out of business. They go out of business not because there isn't demand. I think there's a huge demand. It's because they do these bizarre things like not open until eight in the morning. One of them was open for a while and they didn't open until like 11 on Sunday morning. It's like, okay, you know, I understand if you're not a morning person and you don't want to do the morning business thing, perfectly understandable. I would not well, actually, I would want to do that because I'm I'm better in the morning. But yeah, fair enough. If you're not a morning type. Don't do, uh, don't do the morning thing. But you know, maybe just maybe, don't open a coffee shop because when do people want coffee? They want coffee in the morning. They want coffee early in the morning. If I owned a coffee shop, I would open at five or six because that's when people want their coffee, right? So because David ran into town, I decided to give you guys a slightly different backdrop than usual. Uh, so I'm out here in the living room in front of the Christmas tree and I'm sitting on an upright chair, which I notice uh, makes me look considerably less slouchy than the slouchy chair in my office. Um, and there's more lighting from the beautiful windows. So uh, yeah, ring light for the win, right? Uh, I can see the beautiful view out the mountain, out the valley from the windows. 
So this is a pretty nice spot to record from. But for whatever reason, uh, if David is home, I feel terribly self-conscious uh, recording the podcast where he can hear. I know, it's so dumb, right? Because you guys are listening to me. Why would I care if he overhears? It's not like I talk smack about him even. Uh, almost never. Almost never, right, guys? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, why do I care if he overhears? But I get very self-conscious and I start monitoring what I think. I notice the same thing happens when I see people pop off as viewing. Oh, and here comes someone now. But when I notice that people are viewing, I start getting self-conscious and monitoring what I say. Which is weird because I wouldn't do that in conversation. So anyway, here we sit waiting for David to bring back my latte, which is a pretty much a 40 minute, 45 minute trip, 20 minutes into town, 20 minutes back, some time at Starbucks, however long that takes. So in the meanwhile, here's my Christmas tree uh, for a little bit longer. Uh, it will... Um, I realized I forgot to silence my phone. So that means I'm going to be hearing texts. Going to fix that. There. Okay. I think it paused the live video, but that's just as well. You didn't need to see me squirting around with my phone. So let's see. Here we are. I am obviously not getting today, take today off. Uh, I did make it through the emergency revision of Golden Griffin and the Bear Prince yesterday, uh, at least most of it. So I scraped a whole lot of what wasn't working, added some things, went through and wove in all through the rest of the book. So I spent my normal amount of time working on it yesterday. I did three one hour sessions working on it. Um, and that was plenty because I, I had a tired when I was done. So now, and I kind of have been thinking about what I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to create a prologue, <laughs> which those of you who know me, I hope you are out there laughing right now because I cannot fucking believe that I'm voluntarily uh, adding a prologue with the idea that it is the best solution to this problem. But I think it is. That's part of what I came up with chatting with Jim Sorensen yesterday that um, I think adding a prologue will make a difference. So um, Library Addict, I know you listen often and that you are the I always read the prologue camp. I hope many of you are in the I hope I always you know, I always read the prologue camp because I think um, you will need to read the prologue in order for my, in order for this to work. So maybe I could put like a little caveat in there saying, damn it, people read the prologue. Um, and if you don't, you don't get to bitch at me. <laughs> so, so we shall see. Um, so I'm going to write that prologue today and then read through what I did yesterday. And I think it'll work now. I think, I hope, I wish, I pray. Wishing and hoping, thinking, praying. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm a little punchy, right? I made David get me a venti so that it will last me. <laughs> 
lasts me through the day. Uh, if necessary, I can work on it some this weekend. I'm trying to avoid doing that. My, I'm supposed to get to the proofreader by Monday. We've talked about that. And she, her deal says get it to her 24 hours in advance, but she's a friend. So I'm going to ping her and say, so speak to me of this 24 hours. What does it mean? And, you know, cause I feel like if it starts the fourth, I could send it on the fourth, but we'll find out. Um, tomorrow I am giving a workshop at the greater Seattle RWA, which of course will be via zoom since none of us go anywhere anymore. And that's, um, GSRWA. I don't know if there's a way for non-members to join in, but I'm giving a presentation on sexual tension. So that'll be fun. So at least part of my tomorrow is spoken for. I am um, hoping to do some yoga because I really need to do some yoga and then do this greater Seattle RWA workshop. I will see if they have a link up and I'll put it in the show notes. And that way you guys can check it out if you are so inclined. And otherwise, you know, I have a lot of year end finances to do. I need to crunch year end royalties. I need to pay bills, do all of those usual things, but that can probably wait a few days. I could like push those off and do those Monday if necessary. So we'll see what happens today. Working on the book. Um, I am feeling reasonably clear headed, reasonably clear headed, uh, caffeine helps. And then, you know, I might just take a few days next week to do business. You guys have heard this song and dance before. Let myself get caught up that way. Do a little bit of resting. Um, I need to turn around and start revising dark wizard. But I think I'm going to give myself a few days between before I do that, which I know is not my normal MO, but I think I'm going to need to do that. Um, my mom keeps asking if I've taken my Christmas decorations down. No, <laughs> uh, I might do it next weekend. We'll see. Maybe I'll do it next week. If I take some days off, I might also just do some binging of Bridgerton. If I get done today to my satisfaction, I may binge, binge Bridgerton. That's not easy to say, is it? Binge Bridgerton. Uh, for those not in the know, uh, you have been living under a rock. Uh, Bridgerton is the series that is now on Netflix, made from Julia Quinn's historical romance series, The Bridgertons. The first season is basically the plot of book one, which was the Duke and I, um, I was trying to explain to a friend of mine who is not part of the romance community so much. She's more science fiction fantasy. And I was, it's, it's hard to talk about the romance canon because of course the romance canon has never been legitimized in the same way that the science fiction fantasy canon has. But the, the Netflix show is brilliantly done. I watched the first three episodes the other night and it's, it's wonderfully done. I mean, it really is amazing. Juliet Quinn's an executive <laughs> executive producer on it. And it is, um, you know, of course the costumes are beautiful. 
but it it's retained everything that is remarkable about her write, writing and it's it's so not it has none of the cheesiness and and I do love me a Netflix Christmas romance you know those shows don't get me wrong I I watched um what was it I watched the Christmas in Africa with um Rob Lowe and uh oh I'm not going to be able to think of her name but with the baby elephants Yes, watch that. Uh, I watched a few of those. Definitely have their place. I enjoyed watching those shows. Christmas in Cal... No, I think it was California Christmas. Watch that one. That was fun while I was wrapping presents. But Bridgerton is not cheesy in any way. It is beautifully, brilliantly done. Uh, the acting is amazing. Directing is amazing. The writing is, of course, fantastic. So it's so nice to watch this fantastic historical romance and know that there's a happy ending to it. Uh, just wonderful. So there's eight episodes and I've done three. So if I get through uh, Golden Griffin to my satisfaction today, I may do a little bit of binge watching this afternoon which is not something I normally do. I don't watch a whole lot of, I don't really watch TV in the daytime ever. And um, yeah, we'll see. It would be a, I think it might be where my brain is at by that point in time. So uh, it seemed like I was going to say something else about Bridgerton. Oh, that's right. I started to talk about the science fiction fantasy thing. One thing that Bridgerton is doing is it's being very diverse and inclusive, um, which does have some of the, uh, what we fondly refer to as the old biddies in the romance community uh, swooning into their tea because of course the original books, which came out in the early nineties were very white, uh, you know, historical Regency romance. They were you know, very white, uh, very white, very hip racist, all of these things. Uh, the show is making a tremendous effort to diversify, which is fantastic. Uh, and one of the leads, Simon, is a black man, and they are showing Queen Charlotte faithfully as a black woman. And it's... um. There, and there are all sorts of there are all sorts of faces and races in there, and there's an implication that Benedict is by. In fact, my friend, why am I being being vague? It was Kelly Robson. Kelly Robson watched the whole thing and loved it, and she asked me if Benedict was by in the books, and I was like, what? <laughs> no, no. And I said, but the more I thought about it, it's like, well, you know, it's a valid interpretation, you know, because. Benedict was off doing scandalous things in Europe. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, apparently I haven't gotten to that part where that's implied yet, or I missed it. I tend, I can miss those things, but um, Simon being a black Duke is actually handled in the subject matter that, you know, it becomes an additional plot point for why it's imperative for him to, uh, sire and heir to keep his keep the dukedom in his line of the family because otherwise it'll go to some white guy and who wants that uh, in the books i did mention i i love that 
Penelope Featherington that the actress is decidedly plump. Uh, in the books, she's always described as being plump, as being overweight. But you know what, how they do on shows, you know, like the person who is like the, the fat friend, the fat heroine is like still 30 pounds lighter than I am. <laughs> you know, she's like, oh, no, I weigh 130 pounds. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, OK, whatever. Uh, yeah, we know that's we know 130 pounds is fat in Hollywood. But, you know, for the rest of the world, not so much. But Penelope is decidedly plump and she's adorable. And Kelly Robson fell in love with her. Um, I can't remember all of the terms that she used, but she said she was just a delicious handful and she wanted to cuddle her up. Uh, and for those of you who have read the books or are part of Romance Landia, you may have heard the theory uh, put forth at various times that uh, Penelope and Eloise had more than a friendship because there is a point at which their friendship is strained and it could be interpreted as a, um, as a romantic betrayal. And I think that's a very plausible line and they are definitely showing the intense friendship between Penelope and Eloise. So I wonder where they will go with that. For those of you who've read the books, and I feel like this is a terribly spoilery when it gets to Penelope's book, there is, um, the, fairly common trope where Penelope has lost weight. Uh, she like was sick over the summer or something and she has lost weight and comes back to the season transformed. And I'm really hoping on the show that they don't do that. I think that they won't given the way they approach this. So I was trying to explain to Kelly, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm just going to be one more. There we go. Sorry, I usually sneeze in threeses. In threeses. Threeses sneezes. Uh, but, you know, I was telling Kelly that, you know, it really is a remarkable thing for them to be doing this uh, changing up of the characters. And I compared it to changing up the characters in Lord of the Rings. And she said, oh, my God, I didn't realize it occupied that kind of a place in the canon. And I know that there are people out there who are reeling because how dare I compare anything at all to the Lord of the Rings in the first place. And I would have compared it to like Game of Thrones, which has a little bit less, um, what, veneration. But Game of Thrones is already fairly diverse. Um, you know, it's not as, well, the... George included a lot of different, you know, women and different kinds of races. I don't, you could make a, an argument that it's not really racially diverse, but that's not my forte. So whatever. But, you know, when you look at the place that a series has in the canon of the genre, I would say that Julia Quinn's Bridgerton's was groundbreaking in many ways. It has that you know, the eight children in the family, each finding their own love with an overall arc that continues through. Uh, it's really wonderful that Netflix has made a show from this. So it's, um, yeah, I do feel like I understand why the biddies are swooning because the idea of Simon being a black man is going to be rattling their heads, but you know, it's, 
rattling heads in a wonderful way. And I'm glad that the romance canon is flexible enough for that kind of thing to be possible. So uh, on that note, I am going to get working. Wish me luck. Uh, I'm wishing you all a very happy new year. Uh, let's make 2021 rockin', okay? We're gonna, we get to leave our houses. We get to go do things soon. It'll be amazing. Just see. So on that note, I will remind you that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all uh, Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.